Welcome to Brightline Living, the official podcast of Brightline Eating, where we focus on living a life free from food obsession and filled with peace and unstoppability. Each week, Dr. Susan Pierce Thompson, New York Times bestselling author and founder of Brightline Eating, will cover topics ranging from food addiction to fascinating science and how to live a bright life. Now here's Susan with the audio version of this week's blog. Hey there, it's Susan Pierce Thompson and welcome to the weekly vlog. So I wanna do a series of vlogs. I don't usually do a series of vlogs, but there's a topic that I wanna cover um, and I covered it in my book, Resume, my third book, Resume, The Powerful Reframe to End the Crash and Burn Cycle of Food Addiction. A book that I think um, is such a good resource for anyone who's on a food journey. Uh, it, it gives sort of the full array of my next level insights, not the basics, not the foundation, which was what was in the first book, but all of the things that really takes, it takes a couple decades to um, sort of learn the nuance and uh, to learn how to take your recovery to the next level and to uh, just sort of um, know how to navigate the ebb and flow, whether you're breaking your bright lines and resuming or you're just in the ebb and flow because you're living life. Uh, there's ebb and flow either way, which is a big point of the book. But um, yeah, especially for someone who breaks their bright lines and needs to get back on track, that is the book. And chapter three of that book is food addiction is the hardest. And I think this is so true. And I feel like I am qualified to weigh in. I have been addicted to most of the really hard things that one can be addicted to. So addicted to drugs. Oh my gosh, crystal meth was the worst. Crack cocaine was not as hard as crystal meth, but somehow it had me worse. Um, oh gosh, uh, alcohol cigarettes oh cigarettes such a scourge i had another bout with cigarettes um in 2017 2018 i kept going back to them I, like oh after so long not smoking i went back to smoking and then i kept being in this loop with it i couldn't i could i could put it down but i couldn't keep it down those cigarettes um, caffeine, oh my gosh, lots with caffeine addiction. These days I'm actually off decaf even. I can't even, even the caffeine and decaf has me. Um, sex and love and relationships have had me too. Just really nasty uh, pulls toward uh, specific people, toward um, codependent uh, sort of relationship, bleh, uh, all that stuff. I've had all that. There are some things I haven't been addicted to, but by and large, I've, you know, and then of course food, just decades with this food thing. So I really do believe food is the hardest. I really do. And in this vlog, I want to first highlight the main, not the main reason, but I, you know, I looked at the reasons in the book Resume. I cover seven clear reasons why food is the hardest addiction to kick to beat and to stay recovered, like to stay on the wagon with food, I really believe is the hardest. And in this vlog, I wanna highlight what I think is really the sort of overarching reason, which is you can't just stop eating. You can't 
just stop eating. Now, you can't just stop relating either. So relationship addiction, codependency, sex and love addiction, right? You can't just stop that either. You can be celibate, but you can't stop relating to people. And so there's gray area with that one too. If you have shopping addiction, you can't just stop buying stuff, right? So it's not that it's the only addiction where you can't just abstain completely, but it is the only substance where you can't just stop completely. All the other substances, alcohol, all the drugs of abuse, caffeine, nicotine, with all of those, you can just stop ingesting the substance. And with food, you're hooked on a substance that you cannot stop ingesting. Hence the need for bright lines. Sugar and flour, you know, those bright lines, they go a long way toward arresting the substance addiction. But anyone who's been on a food recovery journey knows it's more nuanced than that. I was just doing a Q&A session last night where someone was saying, Susan, I want to start Bright Line Eating again, but I'm just concerned. In the past, there haven't been enough recipes for me. I just want more recipes. Um, how, you know, I'm plant-based. How can I be assured that I'll have enough recipes to, to use? And red flags went up in my mind right away. Oh, and she prefaced her, her question with, um, I've been on again, off again, on again, off again. Nothing's ever worked. Nothing's ever worked. I'm a chronic relapser. I want to get started again, but I'm concerned there won't be enough recipes. That's what That was the question. And this red flag went up because I don't know that it serves a chronic relapser to be using recipes. I said, look, if you're plant-based, consider just having food that's not recipes. Like, your plate is four ounces of tofu, six ounces of green beans, a salad in a salad bowl with dressing on it. There's no recipe. There's no recipe. For the next meal, have your beans and, you know, your broccoli and your apple. Like, no recipe. And that's because there's this gradation from simple food to sexy food and the brain knows the difference. And the sort of recipes, the concoctions, the mixtures with lots of ingredients, with lots of sp spices, with, um, you know, the sort of recipe approach often lights up the brain more than certain brains can tolerate. And if she's been a chronic relapser, then I would say, you know, consider going without recipes. For other people, recipes are fine. And so, yes, a bright line will help a lot. I mean, before I had clear bright lines for sugar and flour, oh my gosh, I was lost in the wilderness of, you know, white flour and brown flour and, you know, thinking about it in all kinds of unhelpful ways. But even the bright lines for sugar and flour don't go far enough and people are going to have to find their way through the landscape of, am I ingesting food, the substance, in a way that's triggering my addictive brain beyond what my brain can handle for me to be free and peaceful and for my brain to release its excess weight and, you know, my body's excess weight. It's 
a gradation. It really is. And what's fine for one person is not for another. I mean, I debate sometimes whether to keep nuts and nut butters in the food plan because I think they can be problematic for a lot of people. I cannot tell you how many times I hear people saying, my lines are wonky, you know, I'm just grabbing a handful of nuts after dinner. And I'm like, yeah, get those nuts out of the house. They're not serving you, right? Um, but are nuts part of the bright line for sugar and flour? Well, you know, a lot of people eat nuts uh, perfectly, happily, healthily, brightly, and it's fine, right? And so I hesitate to, to make that call to say, those are not on the plan anymore. Um, cheese, they have casomorphins in them, cheeses. And some people eat them just fine. They're weighed and measured portion. Food is a substance that you can't just abstain from completely. I remember a bunch of years ago, I did a water fast for 10 days, a 10 day water fast. And when I just stopped eating completely, the spaciousness and the freedom and the, yeah, I mean, I, I lose my words because there was so much spaciousness to just not eat at all. And coming back to earth, it's like, okay, that can only last so long. I found refeeding to be very difficult. Um, I followed protocols being very gradual and gentle with it and so forth, but I wouldn't recommend long water fasts for someone who is highly susceptible to the pull of addictive foods because the hungry food monster for me came back roaring alive as I was refeeding on days two and three and four, my body definitely wanted to um, make up for lost time and recoup those calories and gobble, gobble, gobble. Uh, and it was, it was tough. Um, but the not eating at all was amazing. And I know what it's like to be utterly free from alcohol, utterly free from drugs free from caffeine, free from nicotine. When you just put a substance down and then you get past the initial period of rewiring all your experiences with the various cues that predict when it's time to, you know, that trigger you that it's time to consume your substance of choice again, when you get past that and you live through those occasions and you rewire those cue response patterns to, you know, be free and be neutral, where you just don't think about it anymore, you just don't want it anymore. Oh my gosh, it's amazing to just not have to go there at all, not have to engage. But with food, we have to engage. And that calls on us to put on our big girl panties, our big boy pants, to, to gear up and be responsible for noticing what triggers our brain and what leaves it peaceful. And so I encourage everyone to be a little bit more conservative at the beginning of your journey. Keep your foods simpler. Don't use recipes at first, just have the foods on the plate, the separate protein, the separate vegetable, the separate fruit, whatever your food plan is, just have it clear and clean and steamed or grilled and separate and really, really simple and let your brain heal. And then try 
the occasional recipe or, you know, the condiment, the extra spices, whatever it is, right? Then try that and notice how it is for your brain. But make no mistake, kicking the tiger, waking him up from his cage and taking him for a walk three times a day is way, way harder than just letting him sleep the eternal rest <laughs> forever and ever. The eternal sleep is way easier. It's just way easier. Food addiction is the hardest. There are six more reasons why food addiction is the hardest. I'll cover them in parts two and three of this series, and I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Brightline Living. Please post a review and subscribe to our channel. Interested in learning more about Brightline Eating? Visit ble.life slash podcast to find out more. ble.life slash podcast. Have a bright day.